Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, November 6th, 528 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures up one and three quarters at 479. January soybeans up 13 and a quarter at 1365. December Chicago wheat down three and a quarter at 569 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat down four and a quarter at 639 and a quarter. December spring wheat down four and a half at 716 and a half. Big rally in the soybean market. Let's start off there. Soybean futures posted fresh multi-week highs on Friday. The January 24 contract gained more than 23 cents per bushel to post its highest close since September 18th. Some, some traders attribute the rally to a shortage of soybeans in Argentina and the idea that Chinese imports could be larger than previously anticipated. The rally occurred on larger trading volumes. Futures traded higher again to start the week. So 23 cents higher on Friday. We're up another 13 cents early this morning. What's the reason for the rally, Joe? Why is the board up? Well, the news wires would tell you uh, that this is a Brazilian weather story. That's what Reuters printed last night anyways. Soybeans rise for fifth session on Brazilian weather. Is that the story? I don't know. I think there's a number of things here. I think Brazilian weather, which we'll talk about in a second, could be at play here to some extent. We've also got uh, chatter that Argentina is going to run out of soybeans, essentially. We had some uh, talk last week that uh, Chinese imports may be quite a bit larger than what USDA had projected. We've got some speculative buying here, which we'll talk about when we get to uh, the funds. So there's a lot going on here, but let's jump to the uh, Brazilian weather. Forecasts for much of Brazil are dry. dry. Dry weather may remain a concern in many areas, while wet weather could be a concern in the far south. Weekend rains were a mixed bag down in Brazil. Some areas of Mato Grosso received four to five inches of rain, although most areas were drier, receiving less than one inch of rain. So in real time, your Brazilian soybean crop is like, what, 50 or 60% planted, something like that. And in Brazil, it gets so incredibly dry during the dry season that if the rains don't hit during planting, which is kind of the beginning of the wet season, uh, the crops will fail to emerge or farmers just won't plant and they'll switch to other crops. So that's why this dry weather has been an issue. And if you look at uh, precipitation since October 1st and, and the wet season kind of begins in October-ish, um, like Mato Grosso has seen less than half a normal rainfall since October 1st. Uh, far southern areas of Brazil have seen like twice their normal rainfall. I know that a lot of people, myself included, might look at this and say it's awfully early to be rallying on Brazilian weather. You know, when you think about the United States, when do we start to rally on weather? It's typically not till June or July, like well after the crop has been planted, you know, when you're in kind of the heart of the growing season. Planting delays and issues in the U.S. don't really rally the market very often, with the exception of like a 2019 when we were extremely late. But I'm not going to say that this this isn't why uh, speculative money is, is chasing beans higher right now. I wouldn't be surprised to see some export demand pop up also. A lot of times these big rallies are like precursors to uh, flash sales, and, and we'll talk about that in a second uh, also. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. You're not going to find content like this anywhere else. So Joe, can you tell me about some videos you put together last week? Um, so there are a couple last week that were really good. Travis Martinek, who's a financial advisor, was on with me on Thursday. 
We talked about investing for your kids. So you just had a couple of good years farming. You're looking to uh, sack some money away for your children's future. We talked about the vehicles in which you should use, the types of accounts, the uh, <clears throat> allocations you should seek. On Friday, Jim Urio was on. Jim is now a regular contributor. He's going to be helping us out with macro stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple times a month. I think the macro stuff is is something that maybe is not discussed in our industry, in in, in uh, the grain business, as much as it should be. Interest rates are a huge deal for you guys right now. We talked about that at length. Um, the, the title of the video was Jim is a prepper because he had some kind of like <clears throat> doom and gloom type stuff that he discussed. Bond market, uh, government spending, funding two wars, all that stuff. And then the video I'm going to blast out at midday today. Honestly, guys, I feel like I've, I've recorded a lot of videos in my uh, day. This is one of the best ones I've, I've ever done. As soon as I, I clicked end on the recording, I said, oh my gosh, this is one of the best videos I've ever done. Carbon Pipelines. Uh, Steve Hess, who is a farmer in Western Illinois, um, they wanted to run the Navigator Pipeline right through his backyard. And uh, he kind of was, was an integral part of the resistance against it. Guys, if you're uh, in an area where they're trying to run carbon pipelines, uh, where this is going to be an issue for you, you've got to watch this video. And I thought to myself, for a second, Mackenzie, I said I should give this one away for free and just put it on YouTube as like a public service. But Mackenzie, how much does YouTube pay us? Next to nothing. We may, I don't know if you guys know this and and maybe you don't, you probably don't care, but we do YouTube and the podcast for free basically every day. Yeah. Uh, the podcast pays us zero, zero dollars. Uh, YouTube paid us $963 last month, which is like barely enough to keep the lights on. So the, uh, the way that we're able to do this every day. We wake up at four in the morning and do this. We spend all day doing this every day is through premium subs. So premium subs, we love you guys to death. YouTube, we like you too, but uh, premium subs is, is what gets it done for us. And I still may post this for free at, at some point uh, down the line here, but it's, it's honestly, we've been doing this for years now. This is this is in the top five of videos I've ever recorded. So go to standardgrain.com, sign up this morning, guys, help support what we're doing here. $50 per month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation, nobody will try to sell you anything else. I'm sorry for the long ad read this morning. Uh, apologize, it'll never happen again. So USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. soybeans on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 131,150 metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the current marketing year. Accumulated soybean sales for the current marketing year are down 28% versus the same period last year. Okay, so this sale is not enough to move the needle, but I, I mentioned earlier the prospect of maybe there's some flash sales on the way. Uh, the way that it works uh, very often is you'll see the market rally and then you'll see the sale reported. And that's because uh, the big boys, your commercials, uh, they know about this stuff before it's reported. I'm a little boy and little person and um, I don't, we're not privy to that sort of information, but the, com the commercials are. So I wouldn't be shocked to see some like bigger type business reported uh, maybe for corn or for soybeans. You know, corn had a good day on Friday too, not doing much this morning, but uh, row crop action was awfully good on Friday last week. Large money managers increased their net short position in the corn market last week. Uh, during the week ending October 31st, the funds were net sellers of 48,000 contracts of corn, funds were net buyers of 16,000 contracts of soybeans, and funds were net sellers of 11,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. So the building length in the soybean market is interesting. The estimate at Friday's close was that funds were net long, like 40,000 contracts, and they had been net short, at least uh, the estimate as recently as like the 26th of October. And uh, this is this is interesting. You uh, the, the calendar spreads in beans haven't really moved. So the, um, the funds, if they're going to build a big net long, they're eventually going to have to roll it into a carry, which um, is not fun to do. But uh, 
it's it's a very it's a very interesting setup. The funds are long. This market where you've got a ton of carry. We're told that the uh, global situation is going to be very loose. Yet they are in here buying. And again, what's the reason? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. Is it Brazilian weather? Is it Argentina drought? Is it um, Argentina running out of beans? I don't know what the reason is. Is it Chinese imports? Is it maybe some demand to come? Uh, maybe we'll find out uh, this week if there is some more demand. According to the Russian military, a Ukrainian missile damaged a Russian shipyard and vessel in Crimea on Saturday. The strike included 15 cruise missiles, 13 of which were shot down. The full extent of the damage is not yet known. Ukraine has increasingly targeted naval facilities in Crimea in recent months. Meanwhile, on Friday, a Russian missile killed troops and injured civilians in the southeastern region of Ukraine. Ukraine. Gosh, you would think that, you know, attacks on on Russian uh, ships or vessels or things along those lines would be something given that uh, Russia is the world's top wheat exporter. And we've seen nothing. Wheat futures are lower this morning uh, following this headline. So the trade just is is totally immune. They've got the blinders on when it comes to this stuff. Now, I guess anybody who bought Black Sea headlines was just burnt so badly over the last year and a half or whatever it is now um they just they just don't react to it and and you would know if there was going to be a disruption to wheat shipments out of russia because the market would tell you and the market is telling you that that's not an issue this morning bond yields tumbled last week the 30 the yield on 30-year treasury bonds fell at its quickest pace since early 2020 last week after the fed reinforced rumors that it may be done raising interest rates from the fed's announcement on wednesday until the close on friday the 30-year yield fell 40 basis points then on friday the rates on two to ten year bonds fell by more than 10 points slower than expected job growth in october and the unemployment rate rising to a near two-year high fueled the decline. So the talk is that the Fed is done and the Fed um, kind of believes now that there's like equal risks on both sides. Like there's risks if they raise rates, but there's also risks if they cut rates. So it, the, the market believes that they're done. And that's why you're seeing yields drop. Uh, this was an incredible move to, to, to pull it back a little bit if you guys are watching on YouTube. So yield on the 10-year was like half a percentage point um, following covid and uh, rallied to north of 5% just last week, just over 5%. And now you're back to like uh, 4.5, 4.6, which is actually a tremendous move. The uh, the volatility in the treasury markets and in the bonds and in the yields is, uh, I don't think, a good thing. But it's just a market. You know, bonds was a 40-year bull market, and now it's over. And uh, I guess you're going to see this sort of volatility on the way down. Uh, what did cattle do last week? So cattle futures were down on Friday. Uh, feeder cattle futures closed an average of a buck thirty-four on Friday, but on the week they were <laughs> actually up an average of three eighty-nine. Uh, live cattle futures they were also down on Friday, fifty-nine cents lower on average, but week over week they gained an average of three dollars and nineteen cents. Cash cattle trade was fairly light last week. Cattle in the north traded at one eighty-four to one eighty-five, which was steady to a buck lower compared to the previous week, since many feed yards were holding out for higher bids last week trade in the south was not established and then box beef choice ended on friday at 302.34 that was down five dollars and 23 cents for the week select box beef ended on friday at 272.01 that was down eight dollars and 11 cents compared to the previous week outside markets this morning guys us dollar is down and, and it was down pretty good last week again a lot of that on the fed which is positive commodities and, and maybe that's part of the reason we saw the row crop rally as well uh stocks a little bit higher this morning the s p's up nine the dow's up 40 bonds are off marginally crude oil is up a dollar 39 and the december wti at 81.90 have a great week guys we'll talk to you on tuesday